0: Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 89. Tonight's show is either possum surprise or cornbread fed. We have not decided yet.
0: <laughs> does, does possum surprise now have a new definition?
1: It's going to be a uh, multi-meaning thing. All right like couple, you know, it could refer to two people or it could refer to, like, coupling two things together. Okay. I guess you're coupling two people together. Shut up, Matt. God damn it. I always try to talk about language and I don't know shit about it. I can barely fucking
2: speak. Um, what was that let's old program when we were growing up, Andrea, hooked on phonics?
0: Yeah, that was more of how to pronounce words and read. That wasn't necessarily language and etymology.
2: Learn how to read words good and do
0: other stuff good, too. <laughs> Matt's looking for patrons. Now I'm
1: I was waiting for Kenny to quit being a smartass. All right, so nine ninety nine a month. Our secret supporter. I see you and I appreciate you. Then at ten dollars a month, we have Zach X Wing at aliciousness, who is Clayton. I appreciate the creativity there. Tom P. If you don't know, you should follow Colorado Tom P on Instagram. He has baby the goats. cutest baby goats you've ever seen. Lance. He,
0: posts, he posts a picture or video every day.
1: Every day there is a picture or video of Lance and Lonnie, and they will melt your heart. All right. We have Tom and Tim, a different Tom, and then Tim, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Scott, SCG Shuko, Sam, Ryan, Raymond, Parker, Nicole, Nick, MTB Shenanigans, Michael, Leland, Kevin, Kenny Sucks, Ken Graham, JRA <laughs> Outdoor Media Groupie, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jamie, Jake, I miss Tawny and Auk. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, green Giant, ho, ho, ho. Gordon, G-Man, F That Guy Mark, Ezra Trilogy, Evan, Dustin, Brad, Billy Single speed. Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, Lead Out Sports, Josh from the Anteza, Dean. Oh, those are Australians. And then Joe at $20 a month, Brady, Brad, Anthony, affordable trail solutions. Uh we have Harley at 30, Troy at 31 and Six Pack Outdoors at 50.
2: So how is Australia separated? Is it separated because, because they, they use a different type of dollars?
1: For them to pay $10 US a month, they have to give 14 Australia a month and it breaks it out as a different like tier. Okay. So they don't get because I guess it's a different amount that they pay in their currency, it tiers in differently.
0: And we do have 3 new patrons. Fuck them.
1: Oh, wait. No, sorry. Not fuck them.
0: <laughs> uh, we've got Jimbo Scott and Dr. MTB. I think we
1: lost a person.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they come and go. I think sometimes what happens is that um, people's credit cards expire or whatever, and then they just miss, like, they, they don't re-enter their information into Patreon and their cards get declined.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> whatever. Candy's had a lot of shit going on. Do you want to go first, or are you going to finish eating so you want to go last?
2: There is so much shit. So it's up to you guys. If you guys want to go, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about.
0: We're kind of light on listener stuff, so why don't we just run through our stuff that we have through our form entry, because it's all pretty freaking quick. Cool, let's do it. And then we can go into you know, what, what's happened the last two weeks. Because last week we did not have a show.
1: So we're going to flip the show around. We're going to talk about that. Then we'll talk about new shit we hate. And then we'll talk about us. And Kenny will, like, close out the show with his grand down-south extravaganza.
0: I mean, we do have, like, a book of a question here. Oh, but, Jesus Christ, but overall, dude. we have fewer listener things than normal.
1: All right, so John says, Hey, y'all, love the podcast. Thanks for making my commute to work a bit less boring. Got a question about bottom brackets and SRAM dub. I have a 2021 Giant Revolt Advance. It currently has Shimano 2x11 with clutch rear derailleur. Crankset is a Praxis with 30mm spindle. I want to upgrade the groupset to a GX Force mullet setup, but I'm reading a bunch of contradictory information about SRAM 29 spindles in a BB86 frame. Hambini has an article about how they need to run extra small bearings in order to make everything fit properly, which can impact bearing life and durability. Here's a link. Might be worth noting that since my BB86 is using a 30 mil spindle already, I'm fretting over nothing and this is actually not worth wearing a boot. You are correct. So the way I see it, there are three options. (laughs) Buy the full group set in SRAM, hope for no noises, YOLO. Buy a mostly SRAM group set, but shove in the Shimano GRX. Buy an expensive proprietary bottom bracket and spend $250 on a bottom bracket, hoping it solves a problem. I'd prefer to avoid this route if possible. Curious to hear y'all's thoughts. Sorry for the long question. Try to keep it short while including all the important details, John. So you definitely knocked it out of the park with that last bit there. Don't do step three until, or don't do option three until option one fails, which it won't because Dub fucking slaps.
0: Yeah, they've done a good job with that. I've got a press fit.
1: They've dubbed a good job with that.
0: No, they've done a good job. I've got the press fit version in my Rocky Mountain Vertex, and it has press gone fit through.
2: like press fit thirty style, like the bigger one, the forty six mil. Um, deal or like the Shimano style press fit? Like
0: the Shimano size. Oh, okay, only. cool. So pretty much the same I think the same setup is what he has. That
2: sounds like it, yeah. BB-86, sure. BB-92, yeah. that's all the same thing. It's just different and widths that, of frame.
0: That bottom bracket went through training for Tour Divide. Didn't do Tour Divide, but went through all the training, the abuse.
1: Andrea ass sweat.
0: Yeah, some of that. It's gone through. There's like, no sum. There's got a got the, lot. It's got the same bottom bracket in it as when I put it together. So and it's that size bottom bracket and granted in Colorado saying that it's been through water and mud and stuff that's very relative you know if you lived in the south maybe it'd be a little bit different or just anywhere that has much more rain and mud but yeah I mean that's a long time for me in a bottom bracket so I I don't think you have anything to be afraid of with option one
2: I have yet to see a dub bottom bracket that's problematic any of the variations, whether it's BB-86, BB-92, PressFit 30, BB-30, 30, traditional English threaded, T-47, all the stuff, they all just kind of work. They have really good seals. They're cheap. I don't think you're going to have any problem whatsoever. The only issue would be if you had a 30 mil spindle, that little extra bit means the bearings have to be that little bit smaller. And other manufacturers never really did a very good job with that because there's only so much you can do with it. So basically, don't worry about it. Just run the dub stuff. All the dub stuff is amazing. It works so well. The cranks are good. The tensioning system is good. The bottom brackets are good. Everything is inexpensive. It's easy to install. Like, it is the way you should go with cranks. Road, mountain, you name it. It's the best system out there.
0: Right. Cool. Well, our next question. We actually got a PayPal donation, two PayPal donations from this guy. Because he sent us uh, the first donation, and then uh, let's just read this, and then I'll tell you what his second donation was for.
1: You want me to read it? Yeah. I'm not sure if the message went through my PayPal donation, so here it is. Sorry if it's twice. Well, you donated twice, so who gives a shit? It's America. Do what you want. I don't tend to law when by myself. However, I'm going through episodes 76 and 77 while traveling about three hours this morning to a short race in Goochland, Virginia. I stopped at the rest area quickly and motivated myself to type this message. Some of the stuff y'all say is so dumb but absolutely hilarious and true. What on a last this morning was a straight belly laugh. I think it was from one of the interactions between you guys more than the actual content of the show. I'm always trying to live my life where I give more to this world than take, so I don't know if I give y'all enough but I try. The donations, the donations always remind me to shoot a quick message hopefully of encouragement, but more often I need advice. Just to add some squishy, soft, feely stuff about this that I'm sure you've all thought about. The first time in my life I was ever emotionally impacted by somebody famous passing away was when Andy Irons died. He was an exceptionally gifted pro surfer, blah, blah, blah. The reason I bring this up is to remind you guys that y'all are creating this very real one-way relationship with so many people that probably never contact you and remind you. I've always kind of felt like it was weird that I was impacted emotionally by Andy Iron's death, but I understand it's not weird. I think it's getting to the point with y'all, so hey, don't die for a little while, please, (laughs) LOL. I asked a question a while ago when you were transitioning to your own entity, and I'll try to get back to that because I don't think y'all probably ever got the email. I asked some other questions too, but I think this is good for today. Thanks for motivating me. Thanks for keeping me company on the long, lonely car rides, and thanks for convincing me to put the right parts on my bike. It all helps. Please tell Matt sorry and go fuck yourself for the long message. (laughs) It's not really airworthy, so I figured that it didn't really matter. I like the
0: message, so we're reading it.
1: Oh, my God. There's more. I'm so rambling sorry. I really hope to see this guy that was in the beginner category with me last year in the race I'm doing today. I chased him the whole race. He was like twice my size and did not seem to be in shape whatsoever. I chased him the whole race, and I could never catch up to him. He was an inspiration, and I can't wait to tell him how awesome He was and is. Sorry, just a random thought before I stopped. I've been thinking about that dude off and on for a year. I sure hope he is there or here. I've got to win this beginner category one day. I can't stay in the category forever. Y'all are going to continue to help me with that. I've had too much coffee this morning. (laughs) D-Rail-E-Your-Dicky.
0: And so his second donation that he made after this one was to let us know that we motivated him to go and win that beginner category. And he didn't barf. So congratulations, Anthony, for winning and not barfing.
1: Now you have to move out of the beginner category.
0: And and thank you for thank you for all the donations.
1: And we'll do our best not to die. Yeah. No promises.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> so was there any like tech question uh, rolled nope. up with that? Okay.
1: It was more of a statement than a question. No, yeah. that's fine. So now this
0: one's stu- just
2: super easy.
1: Andrea figured this out for me. So Daniel says, for Matt regarding socks, not sure if this has been answered yet, but my favorite socks are made by Darn Tough in Vermont. They're pricey, but they have a lifetime, exclamation point, guarantee. So if you wear a hole in them, you can send them back and they will give you a free replacement. FYI, I've never had to return any yet. They are built very well. And that is correct. Andrea bought me some socks because I'm a cheap bitch. And uh, yeah, I really like them. So my goal is to... Going to build some drawers under my bed. That's going to house all my clothes so I can get rid of my dresser that's not that nice. And when I do that, I'm going to cull some socks. And when I cull some socks, I'll be left with some limited but nice socks. And as those socks wear out, I'll be replacing them with darn tough. So while I love everyone's advice and opinions and suggestions, I have decided on socks and I will circle back in 10 years when I need a different (laughs) opinion about socks because I now know what socks I like, what pants i like fox ranger i know what shirts i like carhartt and no the jra chef um, whatever <laughs> jra shirt <coughs> that one um i know what hats i like and i know what yeah i don't know That's you're it. rambling now what other questions do we have
0: uh you know there was one on instagram that what is,
1: did? what did bridget message you
0: Uh, think about shirts. Oh yeah, it was about shirts. We left the order was open like almost another full day because I had a bunch of stuff to do and didn't get get it put in until that evening.
1: All right, we're going to answer this question because it's my mom's name. Spelled differently, but whatever. Allison says, hey, always love listening to the podcast and all of your story is very entertaining. Question, I recently purchased a transition spur that has a RockShox Sid Deluxe Ultimate Shock. After seven miles, the initial shock started leaking oil and making a squishy air leaking sound. They replaced the warranty or shock under warranty. The warranty shock made it 60 miles before oil started dripping out of it again and bottomed out on a climb. My question is, do I try for a third time a charm or another warranty shock or sell it and get something totally different? It's beyond frustrating to have a brand new bike just sitting around not being able to ride it. Thanks for hearing me out. Just wanted to hear someone else's thoughts while I sit and wait for another shock. So, while I'm already talking, I'm going to... I guess, question, I wonder if the second shock came from Transition or from Rock Shocks, because if it came from Transition, it sounds like a batch problem, not a shock problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, that could definitely...
1: That's all I have.
0: Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, I would also argue,
2: while that could be a batch problem, it's also a shock problem, because it's shocks that are broken.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Kenny, I haven't been in the shop since this shock was released, so I don't I can't say I've seen this a bunch or this is something that happens a lot or, you know, you're you're kind of our go-to on that.
2: Yeah, I want to say I've seen a few more of those than other shocks as far as failing goes, but not, like, not an insane number. And if I'm, I might be mistaking models because I don't keep up with all that stuff as much as I probably should these days. But I believe that's, like, what's on the Epic Evo, correct? The Yes. Okay. Yeah, we've sure. seen a few of those with issues but not like a ton. And there's definitely a decent number of people rolling around on them. Uh, with that said, a somebody who I ride with who's pretty picky on suspension got a RockShox Edition Evo, uh, Epic Evo, and has always ridden the Fox stuff. And the Fox stuff has always been amazing. And that person really likes the fork and the shock. So I think from like a ride quality standpoint, I think they're getting a lot better. I haven't spent any extended period of time on them, so I don't want to say... Anything either way about them. But yeah, I've seen, I think I've had to maybe send one or two in for weird warranty issues.
0: You know, I think the only thing I would look into is knowing what Kenny just said that he's never, or he's seen one or two. Maybe if you could check the alignment of your frame. Ooh. That might be something to look into because if this is not something that is. I mean, Kenny, I'm assuming you see a fuck ton of epic Evos. That's probably yeah we do we see a lot i would say yeah yeah so you see a lot of this shock through your your shop and you know it sounds like if this is a problem that keeps happening with this one bike that it might be something wrong with the bike and not necessarily the shock
2: yeah it could be something goofy like spacer related maybe
0: yeah yeah so something could be sideloading the shock and causing it to leak and lose air and whatnot
2: yeah no good point good thing to check for sure especially if you've blown a second one yep
0: it's so also possible check be-
2: It's possible it went back to SRAM and they rebuilt it and there's something wrong with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's possible but too. But
2: very rarely does it seem like SRAM rebuilds stuff these days. They used to just only send out new ones. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Allison, before you put a third shock in your bike, make sure that your shock is not getting sideloaded. So I don't know exactly how you would check that. Maybe... Um, you or your shop can take the suspension apart and make sure that you know there's not a spacer missing somewhere between in the linkages I know maybe how to ask check transmission it. a transmission transition <laughs> for advice you know transition ask them for advice on it
1: no don't ask transition one They're way on one yeah, way
2: probably. might be to just like cinch one of the eyelets down in the bike and mm-hmm. leave the other one yeah. hanging and like you know keep it just below being installed if that makes sense and then like stroke the thing through its travel and you can probably see if it's like wanting to point not in a straight line if that makes sense
1: yeah so uh, what kenny's trying to describe and i'm going to try to describe another way is if you remove the upper eyelet bolts and then you pull like because i'm looking at the bike now because it's a vertical mount shock so it's in line with the seat tube if you move the shock towards the water bottle bosses on the down tube and then rotate it back up into the rocker link and the the shock doesn't land within the goalpost post of the rocker link like if it has to be moved into line with the like if it hits on one of the arms of the rocker link and doesn't line up the frames out of alignment and it'd be a little tricky but you could let all the air out of the shock and compress it like jam the shock down and then do the same thing you'd have, like have the bike in the sand with the rear wheel out so you can just move the rear triangle easier and like jam the shock down with no air valve in it at all so there's no resistance on the compression other than the damper and then when it's at bottom out check that same thing make sure the upper eyelets or the rocker and the shock like land with Oh one yeah another. so
0: you check the same thing at the at all at, parts of the travel Yeah at, like bottom
1: out and at top out
0: Yeah that's what I would definitely do don't don't put a third shock in there and go ride it without checking that
1: A last way you could check it would be go to the shop that you bought it from and say who here owns a transition spur like i need to ride my new bike and if your bike eats the shock that they've been riding for a while (laughs) then they rode that shock for a thousand miles or whatever you rode it for a hundred and it ate it you know it's the frame eating the shock and then it's someone at the shop's problem too (laughs) Uh, that's a really (laughs) shitty thing to say but like if the shop's just like, "Oh no, there's nothing wrong with the frame, be like, let me borrow one of the ones out of your bike and ride this week while you're working, and then be like, "Hey, the sauce came out again,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would hate to be that shop,
1: but they have these bikes in stock and on sale, so like if the shit's really bad, they should they have them to give you another one, so yeah, throw a fit, yeah, yeah, become fit. Karen <laughs> if needed, Karen light,
0: all right. Well, do we want to um, talk about ourselves or talk about stuff in the bike industry? or What do you you guys want to do?
1: I want to make fun of chain wax. Can I make fun of chain wax? Um, Sure, always. We We
2: can do that. Are we just going all the way backwards? I want to talk about transmission for a second as well.
1: All right, so we're going all the way backwards.
0: We're going all the way backwards.
1: So Rex Black Diamond chain wax is a thing now. And it comes in a pack with multiple blocks so you can tune how much wax additive you want to your paraffin wax.
0: <laughs> oh my God, are you serious?
1: I'm so serious and I fucking hate it.
0: I uh, saw the picture of that and I didn't even click on it because it's wax chain lube and I wasn't interested. And I just saw that the picture was several cubes
1: We've given of it wax. enough air. It They come with 11 and if you really want to ramp it up, they come with 11 paraffin blocks, and if you want to ramp it up, you only use four of the paraffin blocks and the additive block. And then you can use the other paraffin blocks for cleaning and pre-treating. So you have multiple <laughs> crock pots. Like, you're fucking Walter White oh, yeah. over here.
0: You can have, like, a little a little chain buffet. Like, take your chain to the wax buffet.
1: Jesus Christ. You, you know what? Um,
2: I, I, um, I think the automotive industry is missing out on this gigantic batch of dumb people. I think... <laughs> What they should do with like oils, because people get crazy about oils, like the number of people that will like argue online about oils and this and that. And I've been running, you know, I run Rotella T6 and my whatever is not supposed to take Rotella T6. Anyway, people love that shit. If the oil companies made like a build your own oil kit and people would be so proud of like, yeah, I run, you know, one part this and six parts that and it's the best. And people would. Get crazy about it.
1: We want to talk about how well Fox 28 Gold moisturizes your dog's tail.
0: <laughs> oh, God, that was so sad and obnoxious. I, I took the dog into the shop with me to uh, work on, I don't know, whatever the fuck I was working on. You
1: were putting, you were bleeding. Oh, yeah,
0: putting new brakes on my mayhem.
1: Yeah, which included, yeah.
0: yeah, And anyways. the there was a, a used oil pan that was sticking out from under the workbench just a little bit. And the dog sat down next to it and placed his tail into used Fox 20 weight oil. And uh, he he got up and walked around and I, I saw this spot on the floor. I'm like, oh man, the oil spilled.
1: And she thought the dog had like stepped on the edge of the oil pan and yeah. like tumped yeah, it over a little.
0: Yeah, the dog had just kind of knocked some oil out of the pan. And I'm like, oh, you know, that sucks. And I kind of cleaned it up and I turned around and the dog walks in circles around the shop. And there's just... These little spots all over the shop floor in a circle. And I'm like, oh my God, is the dog like shitting himself? Is he peeing? Where is this liquid coming from out of the dog? I thought maybe he had eaten some oil and was drooling because he was sick. No, it was just his tail. I guess the last three or four inches of his tail was saturated. Just the tip. Yeah, the tip of his tail was saturated in Fox 20 weight.
1: Like you could literally wring it out, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, I wrung oil out of his tail, sprayed it with Simple Green, hit it with the hose. He was very unhappy about that because it was kind of cold.
1: And then we, she like held him in the tub, and I like had to like go on break at work and come down and use dish soap. Yeah, and, we used and, a
0: bunch of dish soap and washed the oil out of his tail.
1: Yeah, and now he has a cool undercoat brush, and he's very shiny and pretty. Yeah. Um, back to new shit we hate because we've given Rex Black Diamond hot wax chain treatment too much airtime. The Trek clothing lineup, there's two things about it. There's a good and a bad. The good, it's recycled water bottles. Oh, that's cool. The bad, they may as well have called this shit Buy dads for dads. This shit has about as much style as the motherfucking Target clearance rack. <laughs> if you rolled up at the trailhead in that and told me you paid $120 for those shorts, I'm going to slap you in the dick. Like You can <laughs> buy those shorts at Target. That's assault. I'm going to verbally slap you in the dick. Okay, there you go. Um, That's all I got. What new shit do you hate?
0: Um, I hate, oh, I don't even want to talk about that one.
1: Oh, yeah, it's the SRAM Smart Bar 2.0.
0: It's not SRAM.
1: But it's RP, do you know what the SRAM Smart Bar is? No. Oh, my God.
0: Maybe I do, and I've blocked it out of my memory.
1: Kenny, do you know what the SRAM Smart Bar is? Nope, never heard of it. Look it up right now. Google it. We're going to do some on-air Googling.
0: <laughs> All right. SRAM smart bar. It looks like they've wiped it from the internet.
2: Uh, only the new Axis Pods come up.
1: Not if you search Google Images.
2: Is this the... That looks uh, like a commuter thing. Is this the dually, like the dually handlebar thing that's got like headlights integrated into it?
1: Yeah, like the super commuter handlebar setup.
2: That's made I mean, by that's SRAM? That's just
0: a dorky commuter bar. That's... This is a, a, a $790 carbon bar with a proprietary computer mounted into it.
1: Yeah. The SRAM Smart Bar had like lights and reflectors and mirrors and shit uh, from 1997.
0: Way, you mean so shit you would actually use if you were a commuter?
2: Something very important. If you happen to be on the same site that I'm on, I'm on coroflot.com. No. Uh,. I just Googled SRAM smart bar and then let's see what I clicked on. And I clicked on the first image in like image results, I think. Let me click on images to make sure it's also the first one that shows up. Yeah. So the first one that shows up, it's kind of black and white. It said transmission on there. Oh. Well, there yeah. you go.
0: So, I'm so not someone's talk- been
2: pushing transmission for a minute.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Uh, mm-hmm. What I really did want to hate on is the classified... Let's see how they, they talk about it. The uh, a, a cassette, so it's a hub and cassette that um, are s- supposedly Shimano and SRAM compatible for your boost mountain bike hub. And so what Classified does is it moves your front derailleur into your rear hub and it changes a gear inside the rear hub to change your gear ratio. And so it gives you, on a 12-speed cassette, it gives you 24 speeds. However, oh, once, once you take out the redundant ones, you have 16 speeds. And the most ridiculous thing is that they show you this chart that's a gear ratio comparison that says max 520% range you know, for a standard 1x12 system. If you add this power shift system, you get 530% range and you have gear spacing that's closer together because it is a uh,
1: 1040 cassette. A
0: 1040 cassette, so you have closer gear spacing. So you can run through that cassette and shift your your rear hub shifter like a front derailleur as you're running through the cassette so you get those close spacings, and that's not confusing at all, and no one would ever fuck that up.
1: Also, there's not a 12-speed... Like, you would have to run an Explore rear derailleur to technically be within the range of the rear, the max cog size on the rear derailleur, because you're supposed to run access with a 50 and this is a 40. So it's not going to shift very well. And uh, you get 10 extra percent. Yeah, exactly. And you only get thirty six points of engagement.
0: I couldn't I didn't see the engagement. I, I found it. I it, stopped looking before I could uh before I found it. But yeah, that was and they just say that they found a happy medium between the between the two drivetrains for Shimano and SRAM. So this is a cassette that's supposed to work with uh two different drivetrains. And while it takes a little more fine tuning for its initial setup, once tuned, they say it shifts great.
1: Mm hmm. The best part is, is if that cassette doesn't work to your liking, you can't use any other cassette on that hub.
0: Yeah, it's literally the only cassette you can use.
1: What other new shit? Let's keep moving.
0: All right. Uh, Shimano has filed a patent for a... Basically, it's the bracket to mount a derailleur direct mount into a frame. And it looks as though uh, it has some kind of like a B-tension setting Screw. screw in it. There's no word in here about if it's supposed to mount into a udh sized hole.
1: Mm, I love udh sized holes.
0: Yeah, so now that, you know, so many frame manufacturers have gone that way, um, are we going to see someone try to make a frame with a different sized hole? Like, do they have to make this a no. different
1: No. you 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 can't put it in the other hole.
0: So, this is this is my question and this article asks the same thing. Does Shimano have a pa- or does SRAM have a patent does their no, patent, it's open source. No, does their patent cover, like for their rear derailleur, I guess, or for, I don't know, for UDH, for using a UDH hole, do they have exclusive rights to a derailleur that fits into a UDH hole? You know, would this violate any of their patents? stuff. If the patent lawyer at SRAM who listens to JRA could let us know, um, you know, just hit us up on that web contact form.
1: Again, I'm pretty sure that UDH is open source, which means here's the thing. You can make it. You can make things that fit in this hole. All right. I might be wrong. I've been wrong twice before. This would be the third time.
0: And so part of the patent shows this derailleur mounted to an e-bike with a cable going from the chainstay to the derailleur. But They've also, let me find it. They have also filed a patent for an electronic rear derailleur that has some sort of a direct mount that is similar to their old direct mount.
1: Okay. I'm really bored on talking about patents.
0: All right. Well, I just wanted to throw it out there.
1: Because I don't understand them. Like, I don't understand laws.
0: Okay. Kenny, what kind of new shit do you hate or don't hate?
2: I got a couple things. An interesting one happened. A customer was looking to retrofit a Trek Fuel EXE, which is the new TQ motor Trek e-bike was trying to retrofit it with the axis charger that like replaces the battery. So it's like a hardwired power connection that runs off of your e-bike battery, like seems fairly straightforward. Like I don't really like or dislike that, like whatever, if you want to do that, I guess that's cool. But went down the rabbit hole of trying to retrofit that? Uh, Yeah, good fucking luck. So, some interesting things for anyone there in listener land who might want to do this. And maybe things will change in the future, but right now, it's gnarly. So, I think the only cable that's made is made by SRAM themselves, and it's got maybe a Bosch end on it. So, like, it plugs with a Bosch connector into your motor, and then it is, like, one continuous wire that plugs into your rear derailleur. Okay, fair enough, great. Uh, to run it on How a TQ. How do you TQ, get that the hole? I don't know. I think it's like a pretty small round connector. Okay. But your frame probably has to accommodate that. So yes, very real possibility that you could be screwed there. Anyway, if you want to do it on a Fuel EXE, you have to get that SRAM cable that has no part number. So I don't know if you can actually buy it from SRAM. I never even asked because the rest of the steps are so insane that you would never even want to do the first step. So you have to buy this Bosch cable and then you have to cut the end off of it, and then strip out some bare wires. And then you need to buy a pigtail from TQ slash Trek and solder those two ends together. So one end is now TQ, and then the other bare end goes into the Bosch cable that you cut the end off. So that's whatever. Even that's semi-reasonable, but kind of crazy. But then you have to buy something called a smart box, I think, from TQ, and it goes up maybe where... I actually don't know where it goes on your bike to be quite honest, like where it lives, but basically it plugs in to where your the box on your top tube would be that has your power switch and all your indicators and stuff. It somehow interfaces with that and so it gets power and then it's this separate box you have to get and that's what you actually plug the TQ thing into. It doesn't there's no ports on the motor. There's no like spare ports on it like other motors.
1: There's so, not it's not simple like you just plug in like a little like you unplug this and then... Exactly. Like, None of like that. There's a, no
2: blind plug that you just unplug and then plop this thing in. None of that.
1: Or I was going to say even like a, like a T-connector. You know, like, yes. oh, you just... These two wires plug together and nope. now like you just separate them and put this little junction in the middle.
2: Yep. And then apparently you have to also get different firmware now to even turn on that box. And then you have to program that box to power the derailleur because I think you can also power lights and stuff then off of that box if you wanted to. So anyway, the moral of the story is, unfortunately, it's really, really crazy to retrofit that in after the fact, and I was very surprised by that. And apparently, so it takes- I've been told through the grapevine that there have been some problems, not surprisingly enough, with that one model of Trek that came from the factory with this like bodged together solution that, that like doesn't work, and they just tell people to plug their battery back in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're saying it takes a lot of effort to make the box happy.
2: That is Correct. A lot of, a lot of work. Got it. Yeah. Oh,
0: speaking of that, we didn't talk about what the possum surprise was about. Yeah, that finish. one that one may about. need
2: uh, that one needs a lot of context probably.
1: <laughs> what other what other stuff do you hate or not hate recently?
2: Yeah. So we installed a few transmissions from SRAM and I installed one on my own. And yeah, it was it's pretty reasonable to install. Nothing too crazy. The one that I did, maybe I just got unlucky, I don't really know, but it needed a shitload of micro adjust, and actually so much so that I maxed it out. And it turns out it was like from maxed out, it was two clicks in from being maxed out one direction, which seems really crazy. I double did and triple checked the everything. I was going to say, yes. did you
0: use the instructions in the app?
2: Yeah. Uh, again, it's not that. It's The problem is not... Now, could something have gone wrong with a, a bushing or something else? Like... Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it uh, it was not it was not happy. So I was kind of bummed about that. And you can definitely get in trouble by queuing up too many shifts and then it just like keeps on shifting. It's pretty weird. So most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, you could shift under power. You could definitely tell it was like kind of in two gears at one time. There was no like slippage and thrift, shift ramp stuff going on and it was great. And then other times you got some like, it's still propelled forward and it didn't ever give you like a slip feeling from the back, but it made some noises that sounded like you were about to break the tip off of teeth on a cassette. So maybe that's just how it sounds. I don't know. Wasn't like super duper pumped on it. I don't think I like the shifter, the ergonomics of it. And like, I don't know, like anything, I think you probably get used to it. Well, you're,
0: you're a paddle man though.
2: I didn't like the Axis when it first came out. To be honest, that rocker thing, I was like, ah, this is too weird. Yeah. I want my traditional setup because I was so used to like how, especially Shimano shifters felt. So used to them. and But then I got used to the Axis and I really like it. And I tried the new Axis shifter. I say new. The updated paddle thing they came out with like a year ago. Really didn't like it. And yeah, I, I don't love... At least out of the box, I didn't just fall in love with the new shifter. So anyway, that's my... Initial setup and ride of it. Hopefully, that was a one off thing. And it still is definitely very good. I like so many things about the system. I definitely like the way it mounts. I think that's just going to be the future. If it's not going to be UDH, it's going to be something like that. Like, that's definitely the direction that the industry needs to go. Um, and also, I think maybe it was too hyped up. Like, what do you expect? Like, a, a if you're shifting a gear, especially at a low RPM, like what can you possibly do? Right? Like it's going to, it can't be completely silent and completely perfect every time. I just don't think that's really possible. So maybe I'm just expecting too much of it because it was so, so, so hyped up. Um, It's definitely not like worse shifting in any way than an old Axis setup. So that's been my transmission experience. That's it.
0: All right. We should, so the possum surprise thing, just so everyone knows, I'm going to, um, I don't know, I'll re I'll reshare it from the JRA Instagram. When this show posts, I'll put it in the stories. I'll I'll share this the uh, post that I saw. Basically, there's a lady in a bar in Texas and she is she is just like if, if you just looked up the definition of thick in the dictionary as a way to describe a person, she is just thick. Like she she's built like I don't know, like Matt was saying a uh, corn fed.
1: She's a cornbread-fed, strong, independent woman that don't need no man or no bra.
0: She looks like she could kick a hole through a car door if she wanted to. She looks like she has kicked (laughs) a hole
1: through a car door.
0: And she's carrying a possum through a bar by the tail. Like I guess the possum wandered into the bar and she caught it and was taking it out. And she's just stomping her way through the bar with a fucking possum. So, yeah, it's a funny as hell video so that's that's where our name for the night came from
2: so any other gear or stuff to talk about and i can talk about trip stuff
0: Uh, i think that's it i mean that's that's all for me
2: awesome well anyway i hope to spend more time on transmission i know that i will i know i'll set up a whole bunch more of them i'm sure my opinions will change but that's just my like very honest first opinion of it and i don't like to mince words i'm just going to tell people how i think and could something have been wrong on that i guess so but like there's only so much stuff to do as far as setup goes so maybe there is something wonky going on with that bike but it's got a i decided against experimenting with different chain lines this got the whole nine yards new power meter 55 mil chain line like all that stuff is correct it's on an epic evo um yeah what way does that washer go does the the shelf go outside or inside outside yeah that's and how no i set it grease. up yep. no
0: grease at all on the bushing nope no grease on the bushing they were very adamant about that yep
2: there is no grease on the bushing only on the bolt and torqued everything to spec did all the chain length stuff uh hung the thing uh yeah i don't really know what's what's going on with it could be something goofy could it be something goofy with like an end cap or like an xd driver or a wheel hub i don't know could be not really sure but i was kind of very surprised when we set it up and it basically didn't shift like it shifted up and down and then immediately it was like okay that is 10 micro clicks out for sure and sure enough micro adjusted the hell out of it and got it to like kind of work but there's only two micro adjusts left period and then you're out and you're fucked so wow yeah pretty weird so maybe maybe someone from stram wants to call me or talk to me or something i don't really know but i was kind of surprised by that uh anyway so enough transmission stuff i had a whole bunch of stuff going on i took a vacation went down to st george it's been crazy snowy here in salt lake city uh so i loaded up the new car which is a ridgeline with a Couple of Surons and my new Kinevo SL, and headed down to visit family in St. George. It was a super good time. Basically, weather was pretty good. It rained one day, but every other day was super super nice. We were in like a really nice uh, rental house in a cool part of town, off of Highway 18. I think is where it is. And yeah, rode all the usual suspects. Mostly rode with like the uh, with my nephews. So they're pretty young. We did really easy stuff. We did bear claw poppy, which is a really good beginner trail. Cause it's got a lot of optional stuff and like none of the climbing is super steep or technical. So we did that and probably did ridiculous number of laps of that course essentially. And I wasn't like riding fast or anything, just rode with them. But we did ride one lap, uh, me and my brother of Zen trail. So I got a, a nice taste of proper, more techie St. George kind of riding. And yeah, the Knievo SL is good. I don't know what to think about it completely. It's very new to me. It's definitely not bad, but it's definitely different, obviously, than the Levo SL. That's to be expected. It's a couple pounds heavier. It's got a way longer wheelbase, way slacker, 20 more mil travel, if not more than that, because I think the back's like 175 or 178 or something crazy. Uh, Way more travel, just a different bike. It's got different linkage. It's got some different components. Uh, Do you
0: think it might be more fun once kind of like your high country stuff melts off and you're on more steep and gnarly, longer descending type of thing?
2: Without a doubt, it will be. Interestingly enough, on the slower speed stuff and the climbing, it was like great. It was really not pissed off about any of that stuff. The one takeaway I had, I don't know if it's the suspension design or the more travel or the fact that I've got like good two, six tires on it, but it climbs and grips really, really good. So happy with that. I'm running a 2.6 Purgatory on the back, T T7 compound and a T9 Butcher 2.6 on the front. So real big tires. They were fine. I don't hate them in any way so far. The front tires are a little heavy for my taste because you can only get the T9 and like the grid trail edition, which is kind of a bummer. If anything, I'd rather just flip-flop them and get a grid trail on the back and just a regular grid on the front. But that is not an option as of today that I'm aware of. So, I kind of have a weird backward setup where the burlier tires on the front, uh, both tread pattern and weight. And what else? I don't. The one, a couple things I noticed, it needs a carbon bar because most bikes do. It was a little bit buzzy, not horrible, but it's got a 35 mil alloy bar on it right now. It's not like a heavy bar.
0: I, I thought you said you got a carbon bar for it. I did. I got no, a one up bar. Okay.
2: Yeah, I got carbon wheels. So, the only changes I made to it out of the box, I put those tires on it and I put some cross country carbon wheels on it because that's a smart decision on a 175 bike (laughs) but i put the control carbon standard dt 350 hub wheels on there and they were great no problems i don't know about the fork it's got a rhythm 36 on it in 170 and i don't know if it's just the 36 like i'm not a big person and i don't like rage when i ride bikes like i'll ride fast but i don't like just do really dumb things so I don't know if it's just got more flex than what I'm used to, because I mean, I'm sure it will. It's the same 36 I ride, but stretched out. So like it's going to flex more or if it's the slacker head tube angle. But one thing I noticed or the handlebar, but little successive step down drops, the little six inch ones that are everywhere on this end trail. You can tell the forks just like not going through its travel the way I want it to. Is that just a geo problem and there's nothing I can do about it? Possibly. Is it? A fact that I was so used to my Grip 2 damper, which is probably the best damper on the planet right now, and I don't have that anymore. I've got a Grip 1, which is like different ballpark, even though it has the same name, like they might as well... That's so weird. ...be completely different dampers. Maybe that's what's going on, Uh, or is it a little bit of the handlebar, the harshness? I don't know. So... I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. It's not like horrible. Like the bike still rides great as a package. If I just bought that bike and rode it, that thing is great. Like that bike, I can already tell that bike's probably like 80 to 90% of where I want it to be. It is great. Great all around bike, even though it's ridiculous travel, it rides like kind of awesome. It shifts fine. Like the suspension works fine. It's a pretty good bike. GX Mechanical, by the way, is Fine. It's like fine. I'm trying not to be picky. I'm trying so hard to just ride this bike and just enjoy the bike because it is really great. Like I said, I think it's eighty. It's like eighty percent of perfect, which I think is perfectly adequate. It's a great bike.
0: Do you know how many volume spacers your fork has in it? No
2: idea. Whatever the factory number is.
0: Yeah, you might maybe take one out or add one and see if it makes it feel. Yeah, I can
2: definitely try it. It seems pretty progressive already. So. If anything, I don't know. I'd try taking one out. I guess I could, but then it'd be even more more linear, which it seems to be more of an off the top problem oh, okay. than than a mid stroke problem. And the rear shock is seems medium good. It's a D no, it's a float X. So it's the remote reservoir shock, but not the full blown X2. And yeah. again, I don't know if it's the kinematics of the Enduro, but it's not it wasn't like ultra plush on the descent. So I was kind of surprised basically from riding at a medium to fast pace on a Rocky techie trail with a medium pace rider myself. It is not as plush as I would think, if that makes sense. Like it's just, it's basically no plusher if anything worse than my old Levo.
0: I kind of wonder if it's just like the, the tune of the shock or something is just has more like aggressive riding in mind you know like once you get it going five miles per hour faster sure. and i don't know five degrees steeper is it going to feel like it's a little more at home like you're you know you like you're just i don't know you're getting through that beginning part of the travel and it's really just eating shit up instead of kind of bouncing around on the top
2: yeah exactly i don't because i don't know what it is i don't want to blame the bike and the bike is not bad like let me make sure that's clear it rides like pretty damn good. I was very happy. At no point in the ride was like, ah, man, I really don't like this bike. I guess I'm just expecting some kind of different league. I'm expecting the bike to feel vastly different on a relatively flat trail. I'm not calling Zen trail flat, but it's not a DH course, right? Right. Um, yeah. On your average mountain bike trail, it didn't feel any more amazing in like its traction ability or small bump compliance or anything compared to another decent trail bike. And maybe that's just me having unreasonable expectations. I don't know. So I'm trying to feel
0: like if you, if you build a bike with 170 something millimeters of rear travel, you don't have the relatively flat trails like that in mind.
2: Yeah, probably like
0: you're not building it to do best on that trail,
2: but that's where I'm going to ride it. I'm going to ride it on just regular, utah trails which are typically like a 100 feet of climbing per mile kind of stuff like you might have a 1000 foot descent which is obviously yeah that's where than that bike's places. gonna party
0: yeah I'm, I'm guessing once you get to that you're gonna have like a whole different bike experience
2: yeah and maybe it's just gonna take tuning those few little things because again you guys probably heard me say it for three years straight like i love my levo sl that thing was set up so well i liked how everything worked together it was just such a railing good bike. an old favorite Yeah. I mean, railing, railing the old favorite for sure. And it was just a very, very good bike. So maybe it's just going to be hard to, maybe it's going to be hard to beat that. I don't know. Uh, but again, don't take this as the Kinevo SL is bad or an Enduro is bad. I don't think that's the case at all. It's just, it's going to take me some time to calibrate and get used to that bike. I think once I ride it for a while, like a lot of things, you get used to it and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it, but, and this was an experiment going in. No, I haven't. It's going to get sold regardless because it's just got age on it and it just needs to go away because I'm getting the point now where like I basically need to put a whole drivetrain on it. Like I'm not screwing the next owner, but it's just got I mean, it's got two. Well, (laughs) the drivetrain has Kenny,
1: (laughs) Kenny. We're going to edit that part out.
2: Yeah. The drivetrain (laughs) has some number of miles on it um, that starts with a three and (laughs) is four digits long. So it's got a lot of miles on it. it. It's a great bike. Like that thing basically rides like it's brand new, but it's just, it's got time on it. Um,
1: well, and it's also a three-year-old bicycle in a yep. industry with three to four year product cycles. Like-
2: exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to own the Kinevo. I'm going to ride the Kinevo. I'm going to like really get used to it. And even if it's a bike, I don't end up absolutely falling in love with. I will probably own it and ride it exclusively for six months to a year. And if I move on to something else, great. I'll at least have that experience of I owned a 170 170 bike with fairly modern geo and a modern suspension design. And I know what that's about. Right. And maybe I end up going with something shorter travel in the future. Who knows? I don't know.
1: Another RKT (laughs) nine. (laughs)
2: I don't know about that. It will not be analog, that's for sure. But there'll be so many cool e-bikes coming out. I guarantee that the likes of Specialized will probably come out with something that's shorter travel in the future. Like, surely they will, right? Um, You know, there's there's stuff like the Fuel EXE that they have to compete with. So it'll be cool to see what they come out with in the future. I think the Kenevo is going to run for another year or two, though, is my understanding, the SL. Cool. Yep. So anyway... That's basically the the story. Oh, and I rode a bunch of motorcycles, a whole bunch, and they're amazing. St. George is super super cool for riding motorcycles. We found some ultra cool, techy, rocky stuff that was like insanely fun. I had a super good time. Nobody ate shit. My brother learned how to ride dirt bikes. I mean, he's pretty good on a mountain bike, and he's got some road race experience on the um, on the sport bike. So like, he's not. It's not like he's never ridden a motorcycle before, but it's very different riding an en- enduroy trail on a dirt bike than riding a sport bike. It's you know learning how to Bumpy. how to push you know weight through the pegs and you're doing a lot more like balancey type stuff and you're squeezing the bike with your legs. It's just different. So, but he did great and I think he had a good time. Hopefully he'll buy a Suron in the future. That would be really cool. But I had an insane amount of fun. Like I just I have so much fun on those motorcycles. Uh, Matt, I'm super bummed that you couldn't come out, and uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
0: <laughs> but Great. the the room that we renovated looks amazing, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. Matt couldn't come because it, you know they you changed the type of food you feed your cat or something. You had to had to say there and it watch was... it, and make sure it's okay.
1: If any, the only way to put it is I just like thrashed for a week straight on my house, so I wouldn't. The next six weeks for me are absolutely fucking jam packed. So it's like if I didn't get all that shit done, I was just fucked. (laughs) Like, so is this the segue into me or is, Uh, or you have more, Kenny?
2: I think I'm done. Yeah. Everything was great. Like, it was a super good trip. All the cool, all the stuff is cool. All the bike industry stuff. Um, again, let's take a step back here and frame everything. Like, we like to bitch and moan about stuff and like we just give you my like raw feelings about stuff because I don't want to. I don't want to mince words or, you know, just regurgitate marketing garbage at you. I want to tell you how I feel about stuff and maybe I'm wrong, or maybe it just takes time for me to calibrate to stuff. So whether it's transmission or Kinevo SL or whatever, um, yeah, I'm just going to tell you my raw experiences and go from there. But the trip was awesome. Uh, motos are awesome. The new car, the Ridgeline was awesome. Super fun it's super easy. We loaded and unloaded that thing so many times with bicycles and motos and all that stuff. And it worked, um, and it worked awesome. So I'm happy that I have a truck slash car or whatever you want to call the Ridgeline, but it's, uh, it's a good utilitarian vehicle. Um, anything else new for me? I'll report back. I'll probably put some new brakes at some point on the Kinevo SL, maybe do some fork stuff. Uh, Oh yeah. I'm going to put that carbon bar on and give you my impression of that one up bar. Sorry. I didn't have a chance to do it on the trip I was going to, but it was one of those things where it was a relaxing vacation, but there was like a lot going on. It was always like preparing a meal or getting cars unloaded and doing all that stuff. And like the last thing I wanted to do for some reason, I had brought the bar with me. I just didn't want to like, rip everything off and by the way like that's one of the for me that's one of the most time consuming things is like putting a new bar on because it's going to be cutting the thing to size getting it all rolled exactly where i want and then like you got to line up all the controls and get everything exactly where you want all the cable routing right and it just takes a minute and i just didn't have the motivation to do that or like god forbid something weird happens and there's a problem and like i had a working bicycle (laughs) and i didn't want to mess that up so I did not touch it.
1: Yeah, you do something stupid, like you drop the little screw that holds something on, exactly. and then you're just fucked. And then and you're, you're just like fucked. super stressed.
2: Yep, the bike was working, so I left it. I left it working. I, the golden rule is, if you don't have to fuck with it, uh, especially when you're like out actively using the thing on a trip, don't fuck with it.
1: Yeah, Kenny was talking about something, and I said, "Is it my turn?" And I was going to use that as a segue, and I don't even remember what I was going to talk about now.
2: Well, you probably did stuff. You can just start talking about stuff that you did.
1: Oh, I have brakes for you, Kenny. Don't forget that. So don't buy brakes. Oh, yeah. And I might have a fork for you.
2: Yeah, I, I hear, I hear these things.
1: So don't buy a fork this week.
2: <laughs> I almost, I almost bought a 36 grip too. So be careful. Uh, let's, uh, let's see what we got on the fork front.
1: All right, we'll see. I rode the
2: ever loving piss out of my motorcycle on Sunday. God, yeah, just think about it. You could have ridden the ever loving piss out of your motorcycle with me. We could have held hands. It would have been amazing.
1: (laughs) What do you want to do in that ridgeline, Kenny?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that that bed goes all the way down.
1: (laughs) That's a wrap. (laughs) I I need five minutes by myself after that one. Um, No, so there is a really solid group of trials motorcycle riders around, and I... Was planning to go to Canyon City and ride with some folks, and I found out kind of last minute that they were there was a different group of people gonna be riding here in Howard. And they were like, Yeah, but we're gonna ride from Larry's house. And I was like, Ah, fuck. Just what I need to do. Go to some dude's house and meet a bunch of people and then go to the place where we're gonna ride. This is stupid. Whatever. I'm not gonna be rude. And I get there, and Larry has a garage with fourteen motorcycles in it. <sighs> He's got like a sixty five barracuda. Some ninety three Lexus sports car, like no exaggeration, like six or seven Volvos that all look hot. He's got a huge. Sounds like
2: a cool motherfucker.
1: Larry is a cool old some bitch. There's no way to put it. He goes by Grandpa to everybody. He has a trials playground built in his yard, including a fully functional thousand gallon fountain, thousand gallon fountain that you can like fill with water and turn on, and it becomes a water feature to ride. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's um, pretty
2: serious. Yeah.
1: So rode with a bunch of people. Um, rode a bunch of really gnarly shit. And I told Andrea like, ah, I'm not gonna ride all day. I gotta do a mountain bike ride. He's the like, next yeah, time. I'm
0: gonna take it easy. I'm gonna just watch a whole lot because I can learn a lot by watching. And I'm not gonna just totally wreck myself.
1: <laughs> so I leave the house at like 9:45. Did you and bring like your six- charger? Didn't need to. I got oh, the- it's fucking tits.
0: Well, when you're doing trial stuff. The it's,
1: the bike will so I I'll didn't
0: get into know
2: if you that. like okay. went so hard like you went and you basically just rode in this dude's like backyard for a few hours and got like fucking super drunk and had barbecue and then like charged up the bike and then went out you know and then actually loaded everything up and went to a trial spot. Well, I
1: actually so he only lives like a quarter of a mile away from the trials area, but I did drive over there because. Once the local police officer told Andrea and I, "If I ever see you on the road on an unplated motorcycle again, I'm impounding it." And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to push that. So my plan was, everyone went from like Larry's over to the trials place, and I drove over because I wasn't planning on coming back to Larry's. I was going to leave the the trials area and go home. And like,
0: like, it's like a mile between Larry's house and the the tr- like public trials area.
1: Okay, so it's not a quarter mile. It's not far though, but. I wasn't going to go back. And then they were like, well, you should come back over. I was like, yeah. They're like, ah, we're going to make some burgers and stuff. And I was like, burgers? (laughs) Yeah. And we decided that I'm a hamburger slut because I am. I love a fucking hamburger. There's, I just, look, you, you take some meat. You, you,
0: if you ever want to bribe Matt, just offer him a fucking hamburger.
1: Yeah, you know, like the, hey, kids, you want to see my puppy? Like, it's here in my van. They're like, hey, we got burgers in this box truck. I'd be like, yeah, I'll come in the box truck with you. I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't be like, uh, how are you grilling in a box truck? I would just go into the unmarked box truck looking for a hamburger. Um,
0: <laughs> if you ever need to live trap Matt.
1: Just just a real burger. Like, it's on. But It doesn't I like, even
0: have to have cheese.
1: I'd prefer it didn't, actually. I'm a little lactose intolerant. Andrea would prefer it didn't, actually, is the way to put it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so, like, go back over, and then one of the folks' wives was there and was like, hey, it'd be cool. Let me check out your electric motion. So I pulled it off the truck and showed it to her, and then some other people, like, one kid had a new trials bicycle, but his brake pads weren't bedded in, so I showed him how to bed his brake pads in. And showed him how to do some bicycle stuff because he's good on motorcycles but not good on bicycles and I'm better at bikes than I have a motorcycle so I like and he's like a kid and I like kind of talked to him and like you know it was nice to him and I don't know I think it's important for adults to occasionally talk to someone that's not an a, like a child to learn and be respected by someone that's not their parents I think is like something that as a community we all need to do like hey child that has an interest that i share let me mentor you and like show you some respect as a fellow human and help you grow up to be a good person like i think that's important and then some people started riding motorcycles again and i was like well i didn't get to ride this or that thing and then i learned some other cool shit so yeah um that was my sunday and i came home at like seven o'clock at night and i was fucking destroyed so the next (laughs) day i didn't do a damn thing well, Andrea can tell you what we did the next day. But I don't in her. Stuff.
0: What we did the next day? what Truck stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, God damn it.
1: Then. Um,
0: I blocked that out.
1: Then uh, that was on Sunday. Then Monday, I didn't do much. I worked Tuesday, worked Wednesday, left work early on Wednesday, and went and raced my first Enduro. Uh, the Salada Enduro series is ongoing right now, and it is a ton of fun. Based on start times, I start. I signed up for the Pro Open for the duration of the series, because they start last. It'll be easiest for me to leave work not so early, drive into town, and ride up to the start of the, the stage. When I went to sign up, the very nice ladies there went to assign me a number, and I said, can I pick my number? And the lady's like, sure, what number do you want? And I was like-
0: I can't believe no one had picked that yet.
1: No one had picked it yet. And I was like, 69? She's like- <clears throat> Yeah, of course I'll the give guy with one.
0: the mustache wants that number.
1: We all had a good laugh about it, and then I went to the bike shop and made cardboard insoles for my shoes because I forgot to bring insoles for my shoes. I somehow ended up with a pair of mountain bike shoes without insoles. We're not getting into that whole story tonight.
2: And one more so thing, I'll, what'd you say about the insoles? You got cardboard insoles? Like, did you like cut I, up a pizza box?
1: I took a piece of cardboard out of the recycling, traced my foot, cut it out with razor blade and scissors, and jammed it in my shoe and went and raced.
2: Oh, so like you're serious.
1: I'm dead fucking <laughs> serious. I did not have an insole in my shoe. The insoles in the shoes that I was wearing were non removable. So I couldn't just take the insoles out of the shoes I had on. Wow. My street shoes. So I just went and made some out of recycling. Okay. Fun fact you grip inside. I grip with my feet inside my shoes a lot more than I thought I did. Um, <laughs> then, um,. I started last, like Pro Open went last, and there was only one other competitor. Plot twist, spoiler alert, I ended up second. I set a PR on the Strava segment, but wasn't as fast as the kid in front of me. So, yeah. 30 to 39, my age group, would have swept the Pro Open podium. The overall winner was a junior. So, take that. Um, Kids
0: in Salida are just fucking monsters.
1: Also, I probably should have raced my Spark.
0: Yeah, that trail is very non-technical. It's
1: very pedally. There was a few times that I was pedaling really hard and my bike wasn't moving forward, as I hoped. (laughs) And I mean, if you've, it it makes sense though. Like if you have a trail that crosses a road and goes uphill on the road for a hundred yards or so, like. It's not that
0: far. Maybe like 50 yards.
1: We'll measure it one day. All right. It's fewer than 150 and more than 35.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that.
1: I'm guessing it's closer to a triple-digit number than not. Anyways, of course, the, the baby enduro bike doesn't go uphill as fast as the XC bike. Duh. Who would have fucking thought it? Climbs like an XC bike is horse shit. There's <laughs> no such thing. I then went and ate another hamburger and <laughs> uh, picked up the race promoter. So.
0: And humped him a little bit.
1: Nah, Yeah, well, you know it was a mutual humping. Um. <laughs> then uh, let's see. Andrea's going to talk about what she did on Monday.
0: Yeah. So I have been... <laughs> the
1: face she just made.
0: So I've been mostly I've been just kind of tapering and tuning up to get ready for the last of the Leadville Leadville Fat Bike Series that happens this weekend. And so I haven't been riding a ton. And I, when I have gone out and ridden, it's been kind of short rides and pretty hard just to kind of keep my legs going and so I've also been doing a lot of scouting for turkeys because turkey season opens on Saturday as well so I'm not planning on hunting opening day which uh, was a very difficult decision but the weather is going to be really good in Leadville and turkey season goes through May 31st so I've got a minute for that. Go ahead. Matt looked at me like he wanted to say something.
1: I forgot to talk about something. I just remembered how I was going to make my transition. I'll remember it this
0: time. Okay. So I I've been doing a lot of scouting for turkeys. I kind of know where they are in this area, but so does everyone else. So those places tend to get really crowded. So I've been trying to look for places that look like they would like they would have turkey potential, um, but fewer people and one of those places was up uh, from where Matt did trials riding from Turkey Rock there's um, kind of some intermittent creeks and stuff uh, up in the hills above Turkey Rock and I went up there I wanted to go up there and look for uh, any turkey sign and uh, Matt, on the way, I took Matt with me because he was just kind of laying around the house not really doing anything, and I said, hey, do you want to go do truck stuff? And then I'm going to hop out of the truck and hike around for a little while.
1: Not a little while.
0: <laughs> and then we'll come back. He's like, yeah, sure. Well, we get to where this 4 by 4 road splits, and I wanted to go left because that's the direction that the area I wanted to check out was, but he said, why don't we go right? Because that eventually loops... Back to the same area, but through some much more technical terrain. And I knew there was going to be some snow and ice, but it's been in my area, it's been a very low snow year. So I thought, well, it's probably not that bad. And it was pretty good on the way up. And then you kind of do this traverse that has some north facing areas, and those were really holding some snow. And it wasn't just snow, it was like snow and ice. And Those also happened to be kind of off-camber, so they were icy and off-camber, and I almost shit my pants a couple of times.
1: I think we have to replace the steering wheel on the truck. There's like hand divots in the wheel now.
0: (laughs) I was trying to stay relaxed, but it, it wasn't working. But yeah, so Matt made me drive through this bullshit snow and ice, and then I went out and I didn't find any turkeys. I found a bunch of fucking coyote sign, though. Like, I saw more coyote prints and poops in this one little area than I have seen collectively my entire life. It was just solid. It looked like a pack of 50 coyotes had just been running wild and shitting everywhere. It was insane. And I have talked to... I have a neighbor that has some land up there. It's kind of like his weekend workshop land, and he... Yeah, I'd ask him about animals up there and he's like, "Well, there's occasionally some deer, but there's a lot of there's a lot of mountain lions and bobcats and things and I I guess a lot of coyotes too. And I did see a big lion track up there as well." So, yeah, there's um kind of a predator explosion in that area it seems like. So, it was kind of wild. But that was kind of my weekend. I know in the last 2 weeks, it's Kenny and Matt have done a lot of shit and I've really just kind of been out in the woods.
1: So, The transition I was going to make was my next six weeks are bonkers. So I'm racing an enduro. I race an enduro on the 5th, the 12th on the 16th. I'm doing a moto trials competition on the 19th. Another enduro on the
0: that's a fucking touchscreen computer
1: Twenty sixth, You didn't realize that? I didn't
0: realize that
1: on the 26th, another enduro on the 30th. I do a full day enduro on the 6th and 7th I'm doing a 2-day trials competition and then on the 12th after work I start driving towards Memphis to visit my parents.
0: Pretty crazy. I'm, I'm probably doing a, a trip to Memphis sometime in there. I don't know. It's it's kind of like I kind of have this hair harebra- brain plan to drive towards Memphis, stop in Mountain View and ride my mountain bike a little bit and maybe turkey hunt because it's turkey season there as well and I I've definitely seen turkeys up there. Like I know where I've seen them on a pretty regular basis. I have no idea if they'll be there now, but I can always go try.
2: How Uh, involved? Do you have to do anything different to get like an out-of-state license tag, whatever you call it?
0: You just pay more.
1: Yeah, pay more
2: money.
0: Yeah, it costs. You know, if you're. But what about like
2: all the windows and stuff for that? Right? Are they like kind of just open windows, or you have to like do it way ahead of time? How does that work
0: for just like a? a general turkey tag for an area that's not like a restricted number of people can go there type of area because there are some of those like it's kind of a like a state wildlife area and they might limit they might say okay only 30 hunters can hunt here during this period of time as long as it's not one of those areas um it it's just open
2: you can just kind of show up and get it get a license
0: yeah.
1: yeah it's kind of like buying your ohv tag for out of state like you just it's a formality like you just go and give the state a little money and they're like yeah you can use our public lands in this fashion now
0: yeah you just really have to you have to pay attention to the laws and the limits and stuff like the area around um silamo that i want to hunt in it's the silamo or the silamo wildlife management area and even though in general the the limit of turkeys for um, hunting in Arkansas is two. You can only kill one turkey in the Sillamore Wildlife Management Area. So I could not kill two turkeys in that area. I would have to, if I killed one and I wanted another, I would have to go to a different piece of land. Gotcha. So it's just learning laws. And like their law about um, what you have to kill a tom turkey, you can't kill a jake, which is like a young male turkey. And you also cannot kill a hen that is a bearded hen, so you have to be a little bit sharper on your turkey identification in Arkansas than you do in Colorado.
2: Well, lucky for me, I can't be wrong because I don't know what any of those things are.
0: <laughs> I won't. I don't have to. I mean, unless you want me to explain to you. What those <laughs> no, things we don't. Mean.
2: We don't have to <laughs> okay. go into all that now. People's uh, eyes will probably glaze over. Yeah, yeah. More.
0: <laughs> Please don't kill me.
1: I'm just being a dickhead on purpose. Don't kill me. It's
0: really late. <laughs>
1: We've been recording for how long?
2: I don't know. It's been a while. I thought we'd have like nothing to talk about, but um, every week we come up with some bullshit to talk about. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Do we want to wrap it up? Yeah. You know what? I think I might cut the patrons off the front and paste them to the end here just so the entire episode is backwards. This is like the crisscross episode. No.
1: No, don't do that. It'll make you jump. I'm about to go jump into my bed, never talk to you again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, are we ready to wrap it up?
2: Shut it down. Sure.
0: I never finished my story about going to Memphis. I just stopped at turkey hunting.
2: Oh, sorry.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Well, well, the rest of the plan is, on the way to turkey hunt, I could stop in Borger, Texas and race a six-pack outdoors cross-country race, go to Mountain View and turkey hunt for three days, go to Memphis, stay at my parents' house, go to a race in Memphis on the Wolf River trails. Or no, it's on the at Shelby Farms on part of the old tour de wolf course. They've They've remodeled Shelby Farms, so parts of the Tortovalst course are totally gone, but a lot of it's still there. So yeah, there's a short track race in Memphis that I could also go to.
1: A little less
2: jog, mate. <laughs> I think you should do that.
0: Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I don't know if they still let me in bike races in Memphis.
2: I think you should do all of the things that you said.
0: <laughs> I hope so.
1: Me and Taco just be here eating burritos for every meal, completely feral.
0: Yeah, and then I have to uh, then I would have to visit with my parents, which can be Stressful.
1: I mean, I think that's all family to some degree.
0: A little bit. All right, now we can really wrap it up. Are we done? Okay, bye. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening, and good night.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along show.
0: Ah. There's some shit coming out of your
2: brake pads. (laughs)